Hi and welcome back to Breathe Fit and Free with me your host Nasiha Sheikh. In this podcast we will explore together the struggles of being healthy and going through fitness transformations and come up with precise solutions. I am a fitness instructor and a nutrition expert and I would like to share my ongoing journey with you so we can collectively inspire each other to be healthy and breathe fit and free. I would like to start with a statement said by today's guest. I personally teach from the assumption that clients care to learn that every class or session is an opportunity to offer at least one piece of knowledge someone can take away for themselves that they didn't know before. These words are said by Janice, who is a speaker, felicitator, instructor, a mother and a certified movement specialist. Today I would like to welcome her onto my show and it is my pleasure to have her on my platform. She runs a health studio where she helps people to navigate their issues through her unique approach to achieve balance of mind, body and soul with sustainability. So hi there and welcome to my show and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm really glad that you agreed to be here and share your expertise and all your wonderful thoughts and the statement that I said about you it was something that I picked up from your Instagram and it really yes. impressed me because it tells about it not just talks about your professionalism but it also talks about the kind of work you do and the kind of dedication and the sincerity you have towards your clients and the work that you do. So and I I relate with that. So I'm so thankful for that that you do such work and so I would like to start with a little bit of your back story so I would like my listeners to know who you are and what brought you to where you are today so a little bit of you Sure it's actually a, it's like a 20 year story to get here to that <laughs> to that quotation that you read but essentially um I know I heard a little bit of your story before we started chatting and we have a lot of similarities. So when I grew up, I was a little bit on the overweight side and mm-hmm. I was definitely on the non-athletic side. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely the person when I was in high school that I remember sitting in my high school phys ed teacher's office crying because that score, that grade in phys ed was bringing my average down. Okay. And so I didn't have and I still to this day <laughs> don't have what I would consider natural athletic ability. Okay. If you throw a ball at me, I'm unlikely to be able to hit it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, that very much informs how I teach because I think that there are people with that natural skill set, with that natural passion, and they find it all very easy and always have and I do not come from that background. So when I was about 18 or 19, I don't actually recall, I started running. Mm-hmm. And because I hadn't come from that athletic background, I actually ended up injuring myself. Mm-hmm. So that piece of the story is very much to this day what I focus on. Mm-hmm. And I focus on people that really have those pains and those aches and those mm-hmm. things that are sort of holding them back. Mm-hmm. So while running, that injury ended up stopping that. So yeah. I enjoyed the passion of running. I enjoyed the accomplishment. I enjoyed that I could go and do it by myself. I didn't have to worry about balls and sport rules and things like that. But I ended up 
with such pain in my knee that I couldn't continue. And I went to a number of practitioners and nothing really helped. So I went to the sports medicine doctor and I went to the massage therapist and I went here and I went there and ended up just sort of stuck. I, I got short term relief and then I would go for a run and then back this problem would come. Mm -hmm. So I was in university at that time and it didn't occur to me to make this a career. I was taking a Bachelor of Commerce. I had mm -hmm. a passion for other things in life. Mm -hmm. And I moved my career in that direction. But what ended up healing my knee was Pilates. So at this point in history, everybody knows about Pilates. At that mm -hmm. point in history, it was still very much a specialty discipline. Mm -hmm. Mainly only dancers did it. Yeah. And it wasn't something that ever even crossed my mind that could be a feasible career opportunity because there was, you know, probably less than a thousand instructors in all of North America at that yeah. point. So I actually went down the path of working on a marketing career. I ended up being a fashion media executive. I worked in the magazine business. It was a career that I loved. And it's interesting to me because they're parallel businesses in that yeah. it, it, there's a focus on the body. <laughs> so I've spent my entire career focused on the body just in very different elements of it. Mm -hmm. So fast forward from my knee injury at least 10 years, I moved to Toronto mm -hmm. and I was working in my fashion media job and this nagging sense of, I want to train in Pilates for 10 years. It had actually been on my to-do list mm -hmm. and Toronto was actually where the world's largest global Pilates headquarters is mm -hmm. based. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I was going to be moving from Toronto because my media career was going to take me to New York and I was really at that place where I had to either take action on this goal or get it off my goal list. Yes. So I worked my day job and then I went to Pilates school at night. So I okay, took wow. about an 800 hour training. So it was mm -hmm. quite robust. Yeah. Very functional. So I would work all day, ride my bicycle, a couple of kilometers up the hill, go do this at night. And I was very fulfilled by it. It still didn't cross my mind that this would be a career change. I was really doing it for passion. Mm -hmm. But immediately I started working with clients and I worked with them in a very entrepreneurial kind of way because I had a day job. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the genesis of where this all started. That's and there is more to that story, but that's kind of how I got into it. It was really a solution for myself and a passion that I discovered coming from that background of having a self image of I'm not athletic. I'm not fit. I was a little overweight and I had to really work at all of this. So yeah. it didn't come to me naturally. Oh, wow. When you were saying this, I felt like somewhere you were just relating my story because my grades in physical education was bringing my overall percentage down <laughs> and, and I was not athletic. So I had all the same reasons. And I think I think most fitness instructors somehow their journeys start, at least the, mo the people I have come across, their journeys start from their own lives and then and they learn yes. so much that they fix their cells and they make themselves feel better and then they just want to give it out to the world and make everybody else's life better. So 
Exactly. There's kind of two paths in. Either yeah. you're naturally gifted at it, gifted and at then it. you work with other people that yeah. want that secret, mm -hmm. or you're actually pretty terrible at it, and it becomes <laughs> something that you overcome, and then you just yeah. want to give out all that information. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. <laughs> it's amazing. So I love the name, My Body Couture. So uh, how did this start, actually? How did you, uh, and, and what kind of work do you do here? So that was the genesis that we yeah. just discussed. Yes. And that was about 15 years ago. So a mm -hmm. lot happens in 15 years. Yes. Basically, mm -hmm. I added a number of disciplines. So I started with a discipline called Yamana body rolling, which okay. is the most amazing technique. So okay. one thing I noticed was when I was doing Pilates, I would mm -hmm. just feel really stuck. So mm -hmm. one caveat, back in those days, most people that were doing Pilates training mm -hmm. were dead. So they just had this range of motion that wasn't available to me. Yeah. Yamana body rolling helped decompress my joints and give mm -hmm. me more space and more mm -hmm. ease of movement. Mm -hmm. And to this day, mm -hmm. that combination is the most powerful technique that I've discovered in 15 years for clients. Mm -hmm. But I had one client, as we often do, that yes. was a total game changer for me. So I worked with this young woman who had had a childhood cancer mm -hmm. and she came to me and asked if I could help. She mm -hmm. had something called avicular necrosis, which basically yeah. means that your joints are no longer providing blood flow to your body. Yeah. So she had in her early twenties had both her hips replaced and her doctor okay. told her she needed both her shoulders replaced. Okay. So she asked if I could help and I said, sure. <laughs> I don't even know why I said sure because Thinking back, I'm like, I don't know if I had really the tools. I yeah. Certainly, I don't have the tools I have today. Yeah. But I gave her a combination of Yamana body rolling and Pilates. And we mm -hmm. worked together two times a week for two years. So mm -hmm. this wasn't a short process. Yeah. But at the end of that time, she told me that the last time she'd had a steroid injection in her arm mm -hmm. was the week she came to see me. She told me that her doctor had done a scan mm -hmm. and... There was no signs of anything wrong in her shoulders. And to this day, I mean, I follow her on Instagram and she has never had to have that surgical procedure. It's amazing. And yes, it is. It actually still gives me goosebumps. Yeah, because it's I, giving I me just, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. I realized the power of this work and how yeah. it truly is life-changing for people. And I love solving problems so yeah. i didn't ever get into fitness to there's nothing wrong with this but to work on groups of people giving out choreography yeah so that is a whole market of people yes that is a service that's wonderful mm -hmm. that's not my personality type and it's also not my intellectual type yeah so i took kind of the harder path where yes. i work with people who find themselves and would describe themselves as more of a difficult case. case so yes. I started a new client yesterday, for example, who said to me, you know, I've gone to the gym, I've done all of this, and I just feel like I'm in the gym just doing all this stuff and nothing is happening. And I'm like, great, <laughs> <laughs> I can help you. You are my client. Yeah. So I work with people who have pain in their body. Yes. Neck, back, shoulders. You name it, I'm like, yes, let's figure out what's causing that and let's get you out of that pain. 
I work with people like the client I just described who started this week yes. who tell me that they're exerting a lot of effort mm -hmm. and getting no result because I was that person. So yes. I understand what that feels like. I work with people who just feel like it, the gym is not for them because it doesn't make sense. Yes. Um, and so I take and I embrace and I want to work with people who just find that the traditional system isn't helping them. Yeah. Those are my people. And I love working with that group of people because I relate to that mm -hmm. and I've had to find my own way through being mm -hmm. one of those that's that's great again as you were talking i felt like you know it's it's somewhere i relate with everything that you are doing i just feel like you know you said your journey started 15 years ago and and you didn't have the tools but still you took up your first client and and you know helped somebody i think even i don't have all the tools that i need right now but still i'm taking up clients but i am trying to get the tools as i am moving forward and i i don't understand how gyms work or <laughs> i don't and even though i'm a zumba instructor and i do take classes in groups but i prefer the personal training better and customizing and I do take on difficult cases I, I have clients who say I have hyperthyroidism I'm not able to lose weight I was like please come on and and people who yes. say I have tried everything and I'm not able to lose weight because I was that person where I tried everything and I was not able to lose weight and then and then and then they are then you just realize that it's a combination of a lot of things that have to be brought in together to get the desired results and finding the right combination for a particular person after lot of trial and error it's not something that you achieve in a month or two months or three months and and you know it's 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 a long process and you know if clients are willing to stick with you it's like how you stay in that in that statement where clients care to learn so if clients care to learn then you know you can definitely give them their desired results that they want to see and it makes us happy and makes them happy so it's all it a good, yeah. So it does, and I do feel like most of my clients, in fact, all of them, mm -hmm. are here because they do want to learn. Yeah. And again, it, this is not a critique of this yeah. kind of style, but when we go into a facility and we are met with classes where mm -hmm. the main instruction is counting down how many reps are left, or telling us how many minutes we have to stay in an exercise, we aren't actually learning about our own bodies. Body. And I think most of my clients, partly because I have a strong voice where I'm communicating that on Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. want to go a little deeper than that. Yeah. Not all people do, but my client base does because it is a frustration and it is a challenge where these things may work for other people and they're yeah. not working for them. So I really am working with that person with a bit more of that intellectual curiosity. How does my body work? I own this body. So how can we actually navigate this body through yeah. life? Because we, that's, that's how we experience all of life. That's a great mindset. That's a really great mindset. Thank you for sharing that. So you say you're a movement specialist. So what does a movement specialist actually do? So like, I know you just said about um, learning to navigate your body a little more deeper, but I would like to know a little more in depth about what does a movement specialist do? That's a great question. 
So when somebody comes in to see me, the first thing that I do mm -hmm. is typically use my Pilates machine. Okay. So there is Pilates reformer and we'll do what is essentially a number of movement tests and it's not it's not a test that you can pass or fail, but I just watch them move. So I'm using that machine just because it is a little bit unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. So we could train ourselves to do what looks like a perfect squat or a perfect lunge. Mm -hmm. And many people have had that experience where to the, to the eye of the trainer, maybe it's going to look aesthetically mm -hmm. perfect. Mm -hmm. When somebody on a Pilates before, likely they haven't been on that machine before. So they're not going to be focused on trying to make it look perfect in the way that they've been instructed to do. So that's why I use it. Mm -hmm. So you generally start with the hips and legs and we just have, we explore a number of ranges of motion. So I look mm -hmm. at what happens when they press their leg out. I look at what happens when they extend their leg behind them. I look at what happens when they're, they do it laying down, but when they come into a squat or a lunge. Mm -hmm. And then we start to look at how the body's transferring load. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we, when motion moves up through the legs, is it transferring through the pelvis or is it getting stuck somewhere? Are we tensing up the shoulders? So we're just kind of getting a bit of a baseline. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're working, I'm observing. But at the same time as I'm observing, I'm talking to them. I'm asking yeah. them questions. I am telling them what I see. Because mm -hmm. I've had the experience of going to a practitioner where they write notes and they say, hmm, very interesting. And you have no idea what's on that when piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I tell my clients what I'm looking at mm -hmm. and I dialogue with them and see if that matches their experience. Mm -hmm. So from the outset, we're getting a sense of how body aware is this person. They're getting a sense of things that maybe they haven't even noticed about their own body. Like mm -hmm. when you extend your leg back, your pelvis shifts. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Etc. So then we start noticing right away what some of those movement patterns are. Yeah. And I'm not in the business of diagnostics. I'm not a physiotherapist. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times it doesn't really matter why it's happening. We just, we just look at it. We say, okay, today, this is what you're doing. Okay. So let's see if we can make that movement a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And generally there's rare exception to this, mm -hmm. but generally my first tool to helping somebody progress is yamana body rolling. So okay. we will then give some exercises to try to decompress the joints mm -hmm. to add some mobility to that body. Mm -hmm. Then we get them back on the reformer and mm -hmm. it's literally like a scientific test. Let's do those exercises again, the ones mm -hmm. that we started with. And let's see if we made progress because for me, I'm very interested in giving effective exercises. Mm -hmm. So just because 986 other of my clients have felt success with a certain exercise doesn't mean that this body and this person does. Yeah. So I give and I assign people work to do outside of the studio mm -hmm. so that they can get in the practice of doing their own body sustainability work and their mm -hmm. own mobility work and yeah. building that body awareness. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to assign exercises that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's basically what the first three sessions look like. Okay. We're just looking throughout the body, mm -hmm. see what is, what could be optimized. Where are those joints stuck? 
Mm -hmm. Where is the weakness? What's not transferring load properly? Where can we develop a bit more comfort in the body? Mm -hmm. If somebody comes in in pain, especially, that is the number one, that is the base of the pyramid to me. We are not building fitness on top of a body that hurts, hurts period. Yeah. No, we're just not doing that. So that's, that's part of why I like working with clients in pain, because we are actually going to walk them backwards out of the process of how yeah. did we get there in the first place. Hmm. So we're not going to go to the gym, we're not going to ride our bike, we're not going to start running right, when the yeah. low back hurts. So those are excellent fitness tools, but we have to dial that person back. Yeah. And so basically from that third session, well, the second to third session, it can change quite a bit just depending on a particular client. And okay. that's why I work with one-on-one -on -one with people. Okay. So that first session is always about kind of let's do some diagnostics. Let's start to open that body up. Mm -hmm. But I've got clients that are sedentary and mm -hmm. literally have worked out. Mm -hmm. I also have clients without exaggeration that are ex-Olympic athletes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Some of them won medals, right? Yeah. So there is a strong assumption often when I start talking about what I do mm -hmm. that everybody's sedentary and they're not. Yeah. So then depending on somebody's level of fitness, depending on somebody's body awareness, depending mm -hmm. on how acute that injury and that pain is, mm -hmm. we might yeah. spend a long time in that phase where we're doing diagnostics, rolling. We also might only spend two sessions there and then we get on to that strengthening piece. Mm -hmm. So it depends quite a bit on where, on the entry door that somebody has. Yeah. But essentially, the number one key component of what I am doing is mm -hmm. educating somebody in terms of literally we're looking at the skeleton, we're learning muscles and bones, we're mm -hmm. learning what should be firing when. There's a lot of people, for example, who have traps that fire when the yeah. arm isn't even moving. Yeah. So just bringing that to their attention. So that's the second key component to what I'm doing is bringing a lot of body awareness okay. into the work. Okay. So I use the title movement specialist because if people expect me to be a Pilates instructor or a personal trainer, mm -hmm. there's a different expectation when you walk in the door of what you mm -hmm. are going to generate in terms of results. Yeah. My results are really focused on let's learn how we're moving. Let's improve those patterns. Yeah. Some people stay for three sessions. Some people stay for three years. Yeah. That's that's really great. And I think that's important work. And it's something that I see myself doing, you know, reaching you, uh, where you are today. And because even with the limited tools that I have, uh, where with what I have right now, when a client comes in, I first definitely want to know what are the limitations of their body, how much they can take it further, how to improve their forms. So I, I think it's really important. And it's not just about the reps and the sets and, and the number of that they do uh, if if they do so much of work without the right way of doing or understanding their body then everything goes for ways no matter how long they do it so I couldn't agree I mean I have I have clients who will do three reps of something yeah. because on that fourth one their form changes goes off, yeah, it goes off. They, yes. they, they can't connect the abs and then the shoulders are all bunching up 
Yeah. And to repeat that just because we have a set number in our head that, oh, well, we have to do 10 or 12 or we have to do a certain number of sets doesn't make sense because the body is giving signals that we're done. <laughs> so I agree completely with what you said, where yeah. we just have to take it back and really look at what the body's doing, not yeah. look at how we're programming. Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And one important thing I have uh, noticed even through my experience, as soon as people feel pain, they give up exercising or they just give up moving because there is pain. But I don't agree with that. I feel even if there's pain, like how you had said, I think it's a very good follow up from based on what you had said earlier. If you if somebody has pain, we can dial it back or we can do something else to somehow relieve the pain or make yourself feel better. But I think constant movement is important for our body. So do very you agree much. with me and, and what are your thoughts on this? I could not agree more. Yeah. Somewhat more recently, I actually had an experience in my own body, which again, move forward how I teach. Mm -hmm. Without going into all of the details, I basically had, um, I was personally burned out and mm -hmm. I ended up doing a lot of hot yoga past mm -hmm. the range where my body really wanted to be. So I ended up with a chronically dislocated rib. Okay. And that creates a lot of back pain for me. But it also translates on my entire left side. So it's the mm -hmm. left side where I get that. And I'll feel it everywhere from the base of my toe to the top of my neck as everything's just pulling in. Yeah. Then on top of that, I fell down and I hurt my tailbone. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in a position where even doing what I did, it would hurt to walk down the street. Yeah. And that was a great experience for me. So that was you know five years ago seven years ago I don't recall mm -hmm. exactly but I did actually stop moving because mm -hmm. everything I knew how to do felt mm -hmm. like too much for my body mm -hmm. and what I will tell you <laughs> we know this in theory but it was really good to have this experience in my own body okay it doesn't self-resolve yeah. so many of us are just hoping like oh maybe if I just I, I'm just not going to do anything and yeah. just, I, I'll just wait for that to pass. Yeah. And it I doesn't. Think <laughs> it doesn't. It actually, your body then patterns around it. Around it. Yes, exactly. And then later you have to peel that away. Yeah. And I think also many of us have an experience like I spoke about in the beginning where we seek practitioners and we seek yeah. help and nothing mm -hmm. helps and then yeah. there's frustration yeah and so that actually helped me a lot because mm -hmm. that lasted for a number of years it wasn't yeah. like a five minute fix and I yeah. have to actually stay on top of that in my body because now yeah. that I've had that experience mm -hmm. it is an understanding that and like earlier when I had my knee injury, I kind mm -hmm. of fixed it and moved on and my life just progressed forward. My rib yeah. is something that I need weekly maintenance on. It yeah. is like putting gas in a vehicle. Yeah. I can't just say, oh, it's fine. Because if I leave it, it might take two months, but that yeah. is going to pop out again. Yeah. But pain and body maintenance takes time. It takes mm -hmm. knowledge. It takes skill set, it takes patience, yeah. and we can't just leave the pain and 
hope that it self-resolves because yeah. it rarely actually does, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for sharing that experience of yours. And I think it should it should give a better idea that at least finding a right way to move when you are in pain and relieving yourself out of the pain. And the key word that you said is patience. As long as we have the patience and we are persistent in our work, I think there's always relief from pain. I think there's always relief from all kinds of pain. And it's just finding the right way to relieve it. So, okay, wrapping this up, there's something that you had said about accepting ourselves and uh, accepting our bodies with a growth mindset. And how do we have this growth mindset to improve our fitness and to feel better about ourselves? That's a good question. I think that in our modern society, we mm-hmm. have such a focus on what our body looks like. Yeah. And I really try to pull clients at every moment into what our body feels like. Yeah. When we're focused on what our body feels like, mm-hmm. we generally naturally have that growth mindset. We want mm-hmm. to feel better. We are inspired to want to improve that. Mm-hmm. When we're focused on what we look like, mm-hmm. we generally can find a million things that we think could be better. Mm-hmm. But one is driven by a desire to improve and one is driven by fear of not being good enough. Mm-hmm. So those are two very different mindsets. And it does take time to shift the mind into, I want to feel better. Mm-hmm. When we want to feel better, we almost always will end up looking better. Yeah. And I tell all of my clients that behind every aesthetic concern is a functional concern. Yeah. So that sounds really boring, but if we feel like our abs are flabby, it's probably because the musculature isn't working. And once we get that musculature working, we're gonna feel stronger, we're going to feel better, and then we're gonna be inspired to keep going, keep learning, keep doing the exercises. If all we're focused on is, uh, I gotta get this looking better, the second you get it looking better, we tend to give up. Yeah. So I think that it's really about being in that space where you can let go of what we look like Mm -hmm. and embracing that our bodies on earth are what we experience our life through. Yeah. Every experience in life comes in through the sensations of the body. So if Mm -hmm. we can optimize that and feel great, we're going to live a better life. I couldn't agree with you more. And and I think that's a really nice message to end this episode with. So I would like to know if, is there a way that my listeners could connect with you? Is there some way that they can get in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. I am on all the social media platforms. All right. You already referenced Instagram. That's a great place to follow me as Mm -hmm. well as Facebook. I do a lot of writing on Facebook, so it's Mm -hmm. a bit longer form articles. So if you're more inspired by some of the concepts and ideas, Mm -hmm. go follow my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. If you want shorter ideas and concepts, you can come over to Instagram. You can also connect with me through my website or my personal LinkedIn page. All right. All right. Okay. So thank you for sharing all of that. And thank you for being on my show today. And it it has been a pleasure and you have imparted so much of value today. So thank you for that. Thank you for having me. It was great to be here. 
yes the same here okay thank you all for listening today and i hope that today's message gives you some value and helps you feel better move better and make yourself grow better and all the links to what janus has mentioned today all the links are there in the episode description so please do follow her to get to know more about her work and please do subscribe to my channel and you can also book a session with me all the links are provided in the episode description so thank you for listening today and see you soon bye